record. All right, three, two, one. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On tonight's show, I have a very special guest, somebody who I've talked to the most uh, on my radio show and YouTube channel. His name is Jim Smith. He is has been following what's known as the Smiley Face Killings. He can be found online on, on Twitter. It's Drowning Victims. And Jim Smith is on Facebook where he posts actively on these cases and is really following it closely. I'm on tonight's show. Jim Smith and I are going to talk about recent cases that have happened since our last discussion in August. We're also going to talk about and discuss the uh, audio podcast by the Post-Gazette in Pittsburgh. The title of it is Three Rivers, Two Mysteries by Michael Fuoco. And he covers uh, two cases that I've, co- I've followed. The case of Dakota James and the other is Paul Kochu, another case that I took out of my documentary. By the way, my documentary is now available on Vimeo. You can just go under Smiley Face on Vimeo and find it and watch it. Three and a half hours. Um, it's gotten really good response since I put it out three weeks ago. But uh, Jim Smith and I are also going to kind of engage in an exercise while where we discuss what we think are the, the 10 most important or interesting cases in this phenomenon of young men uh, going out at night, disappearing, and then be, being found late in water. So we're going to just uh, use that as an exercise to compare and contrast cases and give the listeners some insight into the way we think about these cases. So, Jim Smith, are you there? I'm there, William. Thanks awesome. for having me on. Awesome, man. Thanks for returning. Uh, I really appreciate it. These these discussions we have have all been uh, just so great, and, and the fact that you're sharing this information that you have, I really appreciate that. Um, you're a researcher on that documentary that I made, so you know I give you full... Uh, you know, appreciation of all the help that you've done um, in this kind of community. So thank you very much, and thanks for being on the show. Uh, so do you want to let, I think we should just get started by talking about some of the recent cases. We talked a little bit about them online um, since in the last couple months. There have been cases, uh, one that was a very interesting case that fits the profile of the, this kind of phenomenon or MO was Robert Montgomery, which was in North UK, south of Scotland in the Royal Quays Marina. He was an older guy, but he definitely fit the the profile. Do you want to talk about Robert Montgomery? Yeah, you know, just a uh, typical victim out drinking at a pub near the marina. Uh, gosh, sadly disappeared and found in water like so many. Um, seems to be tis the season um, in the UK for some reason. Gets start to see a lot of cases this time of year, just like last year. Yeah, it's like this uh, end-of-the-year type uh, type is when it kind of heats up. Like, it seemed like it slowed down for a few months, and then, you know, now there's a lot of cases popping up all over the world. Every day, almost. You, you're seeing, like, anywhere from what I've seen watching in four years, from right before Halloween until right after New Year's Eve is just breathtaking um story after story sad and some of the there's been victims recently who or victim families who've reached out to you is that correct yeah i mean i i will have families or friends reach out to me periodically as as cases happen but yeah this this recent family reached out to me and i it was actually um in mississippi um uh, i was actually down there with friends uh for a bachelor party and it was a mile from down where i was staying i 
I actually went and investigated the crime scene. It, it, the young man was found the week before. And typical case, young man out uh, at the casinos with friends, uh, disappeared. Sister filed a police report, and he was found um, in the ocean um, unexplained. Uh, and, you know, his family also very distressed. They think something's wrong, that, that he was murdered. Uh, his cause of death was drowning, as usual. Uh, the young man had uh, no clothes on. He had his, his boxers on only. No shoes, no pants, no nothing. Um, he wouldn't have been in the water that very long either. Fascinating. And yeah. And what the craziest thing, too, is that exactly where he was last seen, there was another man uh, two years before. Um, he was actually a black uh, man, though, the, the, the previous victim. But they were both leaving the Hard Rock Casino um, in Biloxi, Mississippi. Um, and that's what and it was, that was it. That was the ties back there at that bar and casino. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it was at a, um, a the, the black gentleman was at a young Jeezy concert again, concert. Um, his family was staying at a hotel and he never returned from the concert and was found the same day. And there was also another victim, I can't recall his name, but it was on the same day uh, as the victim whose family contacted me in a previous year. Interesting. So there's there's been quite a few down there in Mississippi, right? Yeah, a couple. I mean, it's not, not as prevalent as others, but yes, in the Biloxi, Gulfport area, for sure. And that Biloxi area is kind of, it's a bit of a tourist area, like it's a go-to spot, hotels, oh, casinos, sure. you know, so it kind of fits some of the profiles of these other big kind of cities, too. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no doubt. A lot of drinking, People not paying attention on the water. Like I said, I was down there for a bachelor party. Um, just happened, so be it, that it was that happened a couple days before I got down there, and I, I couldn't help myself. I was so surprised how close it was, um, and it was on a beach where there were like a marina off the beach, and um, no cameras, right. parking lot, very easy to have take, brought somebody back and dumped them there without anybody watching them, right off the main strip. Yep. And that's close to New Orleans. I mean, that's an hour's distance, New Orleans, maybe hour and a half max. I mean, yeah, pretty close. Yeah, like a, yeah, hour and a half max, yeah. not pretty close. You're in kind of like true detective territory. It's kind of like this, if you ever watch True Detective, which I reference I in the documentary, it kind of has that feel. I, I love that. I love that show. Yeah, but, amazing, uh, amazing stuff. The first first season is amazing. Um, kind of helped inspire what I do. Um, I I definitely feel like looking into these crimes is like being in that kind of environment. The environment of these two guys from True Detective was it Rustin Cole and his buddy mm-hmm. I forgot their names. It kind of I definitely like. definitely when the scene where McConaughey has his map up, right? I've been there. It's interesting. It's crazy. Um, very great show yeah incredible incredible show really good writing um so i mean that's the the other thing and we'll find that out when we're talking about the whole fuoco post gazette show that you know he says that these these events are happening and i remember it specifically from the podcast where he says it's only happening in the northeast you know it's happening off of the what do you call it the one of those freeways that's up there is it the uh i-70 or something i can't remember yeah, one of those freeways, the I ninety killer or something. But yeah. you know, and these the, these cases that are outside of that area, you know, clearly indicate that it's a far broader problem. We can get into the California cases 
Vancouver cases. Um, oh, yeah. He, so, he conveniently left off all of the other young men just in Pennsylvania this year, point. right? right. Uh, the same deal. Young men, not just Dakota James. Uh, Barrett, or Brad Barrett. Right, you know, Pittsburgh, all over Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania by far, I know you know this, but not everybody listening does. Pennsylvania by far was the most active murder state last year for these crimes. Um, Paul Coach, I mean, uh, Dakota James was just one of just many one, right? last year, and it, it continues. I mean, they, they have one of the baddest groups there, obviously, um, not just in Pittsburgh, you know. and Right. It, Philadelphia, yeah. Philadelphia, uh, Shane Montgomery, you know, there's cases, Jimmy Slack. And they talked about yeah. it, how in the podcast, Woka said he wanted to include Jimmy Slack in their analysis, which I included in the documentary, but they, the family objected. And you and I, I guess you might primarily have had uh, discussion with the Jimmy Slack relatives. Is that correct? Do you remember that? Yeah, I've, yeah. I've talked to his mother. Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel bad for her. She's conflicted and hurt like so many people and you know i don't think she quite understands how big this is Agreed. Um, it's Agreed. it's so hard for people to comprehend that's why i thought your film which i hope everybody watches um it, the more people who watch it the better it really puts it in easily digestible um for people to to, to comprehend what's going on you know um I mean, that's kind of what was surprising for me when I underwent this kind of investigation. It's like, oh, another case. Oh, my God, another one. Another state. Another person. Uh, you know, outside of the United States, outside the UK even. So, yeah, it's remarkable. And I, I felt like even getting done with three and a half hours, there's a whole another three and a half hour documentary to talk about other cases. Because there's places in Vancouver. There were the recent cases in Oregon. There's guys like we've talked about, the five out of San Francisco, whose bodies were never found. I didn't even cover Van Zant out of Los Angeles. He's never mm -hmm. been found either. Mm -hmm. But he fit the same profile out at night mm -hmm. in Hermosa. That disappearance was something else because he's in such a crowded place. He's last seen with a group of people that nobody knew, right? And that's like that's the scariest aspect of it. Of, of gone, Van yeah, gone. Yeah. So you you could break you could do a movie on probably ten different sections of America. You could do a whole movie on Canada. You could do a whole movie on California. A whole movie on Georgia, whole movie on Boston, whole movie on New York. I mean, it's it's so uh, prevalent, you know. I mean, you brought up, you know, we, we they, I was what I was disappointed in. If I had, could say one thing I didn't like about the documentary is that how can you bring up Paul Kochu and talk about Paul Kochu and not even mention, really even go into detail, Shane Montgomery? I mean, there were a slew of other young men in the same time. I I looked it up today because. Um, I, I kept track, and I wanted to see uh, that month, right? Shane Montgomery was uh, November 28th, and it wasn't it wasn't just a couple – not even a week later. Uh, Kochu was December 13th. Right. Um, you know, so and uh, there, were, there were others. There was like four others um, at the time of uh, Kochu and Shane Montgomery in Pennsylvania, and they all vanished, and they all ended up in water. Right. Um, of Shane Montgomery is probably I I will will cut to the chase at the end of the thing, but I concluded Shane Montgomery in the top ten cases because he disappeared from such an easy area, a very short, uh, very not deep river, very shallow river. Search for him found every his, day. Every day, there's pictures of it, which mm -hmm. I include in the documentary. They're mm -hmm. clearly diving for him. 
They find his keys, but they don't find his body. You know, you would think you would find his body before you would found his car keys, right? Then For he, sure. Then he shows up. And in my documentary, I talk about how the police chief or whatever says, oh, he's found him four feet of water. So you could probably see him from the, if he was there the whole time, you could probably see him from the side of the river, right? Just looking out close to the brewery where he was found. So, yeah, I mean, you're right. I think that that's one of the shortcomings of that podcast. But I am impressed, and I have to give those guys credit at the Post-Gazette, that they are willing to entertain the smiley face killer theory and so, and I, they, it's supposed to be a five part podcast. I think they're only put out mm-hmm. four, but they're talking about it like it's they didn't just discount it or make it a caricature of the theory. He he actually mm-hmm. says that there's a larger. These guys could be a larger, and he actually mentions I think the coach you dad saying that his kid could have been part of that. You know this kind of serial killing or this kind of uh, phenomenon. So I do give I have to give the you know Pittsburgh Gazette or whatever it was you know some credit definitely. For sure. No, it takes takes guts to talk out loud. I mean, I both families' disdain for law enforcement, I thought, spoke volumes. And I can tell you that I've heard directly from people who know the James family and, and that police flat out laughed at them when they brought up that the smiley face killer. And, I, you know, I've been a, on the record before saying that I really hate the name yeah. because it takes away – from the seriousness of what's happening and that it's a character caricature and how, you know, it's easy to dismiss it as conspiracy theories until you are put multiple cases like your film is put in front of you. And like, I wish we could just get rid of that name altogether. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it, it drives me crazy because, um, it's a misnomer. A it's like a partial misnomer. While I think that some of those cases have that symbol, it's a partial misnomer for a larger phenomenon of young men, being abducted and, and murdered or thrown in rivers. So. But you're right. It's been going on a long time, you yeah. know? We we do know for a fact that smiley faces are still being left, though, at crime scenes. Correct. No doubt. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Or it's close to it. I mean, I, I show in the Wilkins case in the documentary, there's a smiley face with a man stuck in a cage, which is really scary. Oh, right I on, know it. Right on yeah. the route of where he was last seen. And that's another case where, you know, he disappeared and they check the water and then the body magically shows up. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. It's still happening. There's still, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I've mentioned to you before and I've, I, you know, I've, no, I've showed you, but there were three cases here in Georgia where I personally found a smiley face where a young man was found dead that I've taken pictures of. And at each case, the victim abruptly hung up the phone with a loved one. Were, and was found dead days later, or or weeks later, and where there's no other graffiti around. Right. So it's like out. I mean, that's the whole thing. The FBI said is that it's a ubiquitous symbol, but it's not a ubiquitous ubiquitous symbol when it's found next to a young man who disappeared and then is found in water. Right. Like or to, or like in Tommy the woods. Where, right. 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 Where there's no there's no other graffiti. This is that's it. And there's mm-hmm. only. Like there, one case here was a young man where I found stuff, and it was four years later, and it was right by a, a drain spout that went under the road, and he was found right there in the water, and when you go on into the drain pipe, big smiley face right there. And that's interesting because they actually found a smiley face in Pittsburgh, right, on one of the bridges. In the- yeah, that's not an accident. Yeah, they showed yeah. the picture of that in there in the post-gazette 
Pittsburgh Post Gazette. They actually saw the smiley face. So that's pretty remarkable that they actually. And there's another one where it's a smiley face spray painted, right? And also by itself. So it's not even like in with other scribbling drawings Mm -hmm. or it's just and you know maybe somebody out there in the public is screwing with their with the investigators or you know just playing could be but it's still there and it's the same thing with what zach marr had the smiley face spray painted mm-hmm. they just go on it's all spray painted why isn't it painted why doesn't somebody go out there with some actual house paint because spray paint is a lot easier to carry a can do it and run or get away right so yeah i mean it's it's pretty pretty crazy but yeah i think that this uh, pittsburgh thing could open open up more doors of inquiry and, and, and actually get some more interest in these kind of cases, which I think will be good. Yeah. The James family, they, I sure admire them because they, they've really pushed far back against law enforcement, the media, um, more so than anybody that I've seen. Um, you know, a couple like Jen Jenkins, you know, there's been other people, family members, uh, Vivian, uh, Vivian Smedley, um, who is Joseph Smedley's sister. She is courageous and brave and has done as much as she can. Um, but the, the James family, you know, they, they've really, I hope their foundation can do something. It seems like they have put their politicians on defense, which I think is what is most needed, like, to really stop this, in my, in my opinion. It's, it's to get change through... If you force the police and the politicians to be accountable, the media and the story will tell itself. Excellent point. Excellent point. And I included in, in my documentary that guy, Stephen Port, who it wasn't the police who found him. It was the family. The literal activity of the family brought justice to those four young men who were dead. God only knows how many people Port killed in the U.K. or whether he dumped other people or how much he was in it. But, I mean, that case was incredible because of the police incompetence really oh these all four people found in a church courtyard and they never made a connection you know so uh, same as uh same as the james family and the kochu family right made the flat out saying those in 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 the pittsburgh gazette's uh podcast inept inept pathetic and that's actually a larger theme right in all of these deaths is that the police either don't do the inquiry i mean you talk to talk about zach marr Kelleher and Hurley all end up in the Charles River in Boston and the police don't make a connection between those three, right? And they're all the same cases. Yeah. They're all walking around. And I show that. That discounts the notion that these guys are all inebriated because I have actual pictures of them walking around upright. I mean, so you can supposedly walk and then drown in like a pond. The Charles River is a pond. So why aren't the police saying that? And that's that's interesting too because the chief of police in Boston came out and said that there's no serial killer, which is interesting for a couple reasons. One, why would he address that? Why would he feel the need to actually publicly make a statement? And two, why does he discount so many other deaths like True yeah. Ray Kumar and all those other ones that have happened in Boston? Yeah, that- Jordan, all these people. I mean, there's so many deaths. Boston, New York, Pennsylvania. It's just crazy. Eric Munsell in Boston. I don't remember Munsell. Which one was that? Oh, he was in Boston Harbor. He was from Georgia. Um, might have been pre-med. Eric Munsell, for sure. He was a couple years old. A couple years old. But the police chief of, 
a Boston uh, blocked me on Twitter for asking him questions. Wow, that's amazing. and bringing up bringing up you know uh, specific parts of why I, I I think that they're covering you know like um, when they were looking for Zach Marr right, right. and and how. Um, they were looking in the exact same spot where another victim had been found. Right. And they go immediately to the spot where other victims have been found and are searching there with the sonar. And it's like, oh, it's, it's not suspicious. We're just looking for no reason. No, right. you're looking there for a serious reason. It's, I, they know. I, 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 I absolutely believe that. I, I believe that right. law enforcement knows. I can tell you that here in Georgia that my list of victims of young men have been put in front of high-ranking officials, and they dismissed it. Dismiss it, yeah. That's crazy. I th- I missed the Eric Munsell death. I, you know, that was another one that just from Georgia, from Georgia, right? That may be mm-hmm. it, is because they didn't report it because he wasn't actually a local resident. Oh yeah, that yep. guy. Yeah, that's incredible. Oh, for sure. You know, so many. What's what's really wrong besides the police being and after refusing to even investigate. Is when young men are going missing immediately, they've been abducted. This is part of why I do this, and that the police won't even take the family seriously, won't even let them file a police report, and their victim has been abducted, right? Their son has been abducted, and that's like the most valuable time, and it is wasted, and people act like nothing could happen even after 20 people go missing in an area like Boston, right? I mean how many people have to die before – they're taken seriously. It's a great question, you know. Right? It's, it's amazing. It's kind of like what's going on in uh, in Wisconsin. Right. So you want to talk about the recent cases in Wisconsin? I do. Yes, okay. I, I think it's very important. Do it. Tell tell us about the cases. Well, I mean, there's three young men missing in Eclair, right? Is that how you pronounce Eclair? I'm Eau Claire, I'm Eclair. Not sure. Not sure. Um, you know, which is right outside Lacrosse. It's a college town, has a history of many, many young men. In fact, some people think that I've been told that when the River Watch started in Lacrosse, which Lacrosse has about 20 victims, maybe more, um, in 10 years or 15 years that this has been happening, that when they started the River Watch, the, vic- the killers moved to Eclair. Gotcha. Um, and that's when murders started happening there. So in the past, I guess since October 20th, there's been three men. Blake Blake Mares, he's 23 years old. He got out of a car, was running from police. He has not been seen since. Okay, well, maybe it doesn't seem suspicious, except for so many young other young men have been running from police, and they ended up in the river. And it's not police brutality. Something's up here. Um, the second man, October 28th, before Halloween, Brandon Felton. He's Felton, 25. Right. Um, he has just vanished. Um, they're looking for him on Facebook, right? Isn't there like a Facebook page? For oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah. I've, I've been contacted by his uh, people that know him, um, asking questions. Mm-hmm. And then on November tenth, Byron Reese, who's thirty-three years old, he has also vanished um, near where this is all in the same area too. By the way, all within very similar, close to the park over there. Uh-huh. Um, and they had a victim two years ago, I guess Caleb Gustafson. Gustafson, yeah. Who was found, he was a young man, found in the pond there in the park after, after a couple days. Right. Um, 
you know, it's possible one of these boys is going to be in that pond. Well, there um, were other ones in Eau Claire that I talk about in the documentary. You know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it was. Who, who ended up there? i got to remember these names. There's so many. There's so many. It's hard to keep track. It's like Josh Snell. Does that sound right? Yes. Snell. Um, Sontag, maybe. They're, oh, God, it's just incredible. Bobby Sontag. Does that sound right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were a bunch oh, yeah. Of, I'd have to open up the documentary to see where I put him in there. It, it's so many. Yeah. I hate to say it, but like my brain is getting, there's been so many. I have to actually go back and look and look that stuff up. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, but, I'm pat, way past 200 cases, you know, to try to keep track of the names, dates, places. But Eau Claire was definitely a hot spot, you know. Yeah. So the police are searching right now and they're looking and I, the, the media and law enforcement are trying to say that nothing's wrong, but obviously something is wrong. Three men within a month are missing in the same area in a city with a rich history of these drowning abductions. Right. Um, it's it's interesting to watch because they keep trying to just say it's alcohol or uh, accidents, but it just keeps happening over and over and over again. And be interesting to see where all three of these young men are found. Yeah, I mean, we, you and I have talked offline about how many times you've followed these cases and then predicted, talked about their abduction and then followed up and found them dead in water. And your list is like 50 men long or something, right? Over 50? Yes, for, for sure. I know that's going to shock people, but it is on my Twitter feed. I have, I've been doing this. I've had my Twitter feed open for, uh, I guess, three years, three and a half years. It's over 50 times. I mean, many times where I'll see a story. I know it's an abduction. I will, I will warn reporters locally and tell them this is an abduction. This is where he's going to be found. A week later, found. Exactly. Found in water, them. right? Found in water, mysterious death, families distraught, no answers, mad at police. I mean, it's the same, one same narrative. Another. Yeah, same narrative. It's crazy. It's so amazing. Yeah. Been very surprised. I, I told you offline the other day. I'm surprised that I've I've done that so many times, and so many reporters or even police. I started doing it to police on Twitter, and I would think that police would come to my door, right? How do you know this? How are you doing this? Right. And nobody. In fact, a lot of times reporters will just block me. Um, I mean, that's an interest. I would think that this story is such a huge story why hasn't the national media or anybody picked up on it maybe it's a lot like i mean these current stories that are coming out can you compare this story to weinstein the fact that weinstein was involved in all kinds of shady stuff for years and then at some point it was okay to tell that story for one reason or another political reasons he wasn't touchable because he was a high democratic you know donor so those people didn't you know those people on the left perhaps didn't want to ruffle the feathers of somebody so maybe there's a lot of other political issues associated with this case where people don't want to actually go in and investigate and say hey there's a problem here you know because it's a huge story you could get you know you could get all kinds of awards a journalist out there who's enterprising and is trained as a journalist could easily put this this together and show that this is incredible i totally agree do you know just here for georgia you know, we've, we're, we're over 30 young men here in Georgia, found in water, mysteriously murdered. A lot of, not just men, uh, there are other, there were some women, there were the lit, older men, but my list is already bigger than the biggest serial killer in Georgia's history, right. which was, um, we're already past 
him. That was in the '80s where a man was throwing African American black uh, kids. Right, that into was the, uh, the uh, Atlanta child killings, right? Yes, yeah, we're way the, past that. Yeah. And I tell you, I've, I've only got play. I've, I've started to get the local media here finally to listen. Um, well, I'm inter- interesting that you brought that up because I think there's kind of a correlation between that case and this case is because they were throwing the bodies in water. The one guy who was a front man who got blamed for it, they were throwing bodies in water all the time to destroy evidence. And these kids were abducted too, right? So it's almost yeah. the same pattern. They had some, I mean, and there was, I think the kid guy's name was Cisco Streetlove was an investigator into that. And Ed Opperman has interviewed him. Um, it's probably an, a very interesting case because there was groups of people involved in that case. And that one guy, I forgot his name, got th- was the front man. But there was supposed to be a house in Atlanta where they were enticing these young kids to go there. And that's when bad things happened, you know. Wayne Williams. Wayne Williams, right. And Wayne Williams. He's a pretty yeah. sharp customer. I mean, they busted him because the reason why he got caught too, which is interesting. And you and I have talked about this online. Is somebody got smart and waited at a river and waited for a body drop. And there was a cop on a bridge who heard the splash and they got the car nearest to it and it was Wayne Williams. And that was the guy, that's how he got busted, right? Do you remember that part of that story? Oh, of course. No, so, absolutely. No, I know it well. We're, we are way past even his number of victims here in Georgia. And I think I, the, I, the kids were 28, too. There were 28 kids or something in the high 20s. And the interesting yeah. thing is that they know, I think the fact of that, if I remember correctly, it couldn't have been Wayne Williams because after he got arrested, there were a couple more cases. Do you remember something like that? I, I, I don't. Remember. I was so young. Yeah, I don't remember it very well. But that was interesting, too, because it fits into the this kind of phenomenon because the people there were wondering why the cops were so slow in addressing the problem. If you remember that, they... The, the, the public was in an uproar. Why can't you do anything to stop these killings? So it's similar to the kind of SFK type type situation, you know, where people are like, yeah. why isn't anybody doing anything? Can't you figure this yeah. out? That this is similar to other cases. You know, it's similar to the, the Atlanta child killings. Except for his children, yes. Right, um, but I would say the MO is the same because they're abduct. I mean, they're finding a place to abduct the kids. They're kept for a while, and then they're clearly... You know, done yeah, poor, in, it was done mostly in. lower income, poor black children um, that they were preying on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the cases you turned me on there was with the Nas Rahimi. That was, that's an incredible case out of Atlanta that I had somebody who watched the documentary who knew of Nas He was a, per- that shows the global reach of the power of the internet because somebody knew was from Perth watched my documentary and said he was a friend of Nas Rahimi was a friend of a friend and his parents don't believe the cop story. They don't believe the cop story of what happened. So I found that to be very remarkable. I mean, I can read. Can we talk about that real quick? Yeah. Let me just read this quote if that's okay. And then we can talk about it because this is what he wrote. Wow. I can't believe one of the victims is from Perth, Australia. Perth is my hometown and I just can't believe it. Who would have thought a documentary that is based in the USA and UK have any link to Perth? That is all the way on the other side of the world. Nas Rahimi was a friend of a friend, and he had told my husband that the family believed that he was kidnapped and murdered. They, they didn't believe the police version of his death. I feel so bad for these tortured men. So many sadistic, evil people out there, and the most scariest thing is they, took, they look just like your ordinary juror 
Joe next door or a college professor. They live amongst us. Jesus is coming back to separate the goats and the sheep. God bless the living and the dead. Thank you for your hard work, William. Your documentary is very insightful. So that was that was a pretty, you know, I'm grateful that somebody took the time to tell that story from the perspective of, uh, of living in Perth. It's always amazing what you get back, yeah. this type of stuff and the reaction you get, you know. I mean, it, that's very interesting, the power of the Internet. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, you reach people that I can't reach, which is what makes how the films you make so valuable. Um, well, t- but t- yeah, t- that, yeah, thanks. Nas was one of those cases that I predicted, right, that immediately when he went missing that – I knew where he that he was probably going to be found in the park that he was when where he was supposedly at, um, and they found a body a week later, and then they took him almost a month to identify it. That's um, amazing. That's like yeah. pure incompetence. Well, and you know, that's another case too, though. Is like you know, people think that there's no um, trauma in a lot of these cases, but that's really not true, especially the last couple years. In fact, uh, Nas had so much trauma that police suspected that he was hit by a car and somehow wandered and fell into the creek there. I mean, that, and you can't find that anywhere online. That was the official story when it originally released. That has been scrubbed from the Internet. Wow, it's just incredible. And that whole that case, uh, we know that there's a smiley face associated with that case. When was Rahimi's case? I can't remember offhand. It was last year or was it this year? No, it was last year. Last year. Yeah, um, last but, summer. And uh, and the people who are around him, didn't they have multiple stories about his disappearance? Like he ran off and then, you know, we were with him at the park and then he ran off and then he found, you know, he was found. So it's hard, it's just incredible to believe that the cops believe those people's story. It's just amazing. It's awful oh, what God. it is. Oh. I mean, they the people who supposedly he was with, you know, Nas responded to an ad on Craigslist. He was visiting from Perth. Um, he was going to rent someone's couch and became friends with these people. And when they saw me posting on Facebook about the body being found before it was even announced that him, that people started reaching out to me. It was his friends asking me how I knew um, and telling me strange stuff about the case. Um about his ob- his personal belongings being found on the creek there by supposedly by one of the friends and they were posting they were all posting the same stuff on Facebook um very suspicious oh, I would say oh, um yeah that's off the charts for me off the charts suspicious and there were yeah. other things that yeah in the documentary you can see just incredible correlations the other thing I've researched and the people he was around were hyper sketchy I mean just fetish stuff, you know, all the stuff that that correlates and fits into a lot of these cases. Oh yeah, very crazy. Tried to tried to lure me uh, a couple times. Um, told me that they were that they were told that Nas's shoes were at a gas station. Um, told me some very crazy things. Uh, I'd rather not get into too deep. But I totally understand. I've pretty had, suspicious. I had similar experiences when I was researching the West Memphis Three case. Come and meet me here. Come and do this, and mm-hmm. you know I never took the bait. So be careful. Those are, those are, those people are wow. I mean the cops. It's just unbelievable because 
it's not, I mean, you can do the research on the internet and see there's something wrong with this case. You don't have to be on site and go to the park where he was found or just to see how sketchy and unbelievable it is, you know. Now, if I remember something, like the story his friends told is that he dropped LSD and disappeared. Yes. Isn't there something like that? So yep. there's another drugging aspect to that story. Wasn't he in, like, he was found at, not the Chattahoochee, it was some kind of park, right, in North? No, it was Riverside Park Riverside in Atlanta, Park, yeah. off North, um, and it had a small creek that runs through the property, and he was found, they searched that property multiple times, and never found him until, like, a week later, and it was only after his friends started posting on Facebook that they thought his their friend was injured, and that he was in the park, and that he needed help, Um and those are the same people who gave him supposedly LSD right. um, and were posting the same story. Um, and people, those same people acted like heroes when he was found and um, pretty suspicious, I would say. Um, it's just unbelievable. That case is unbelievable. It's, it's bad. Very bad. It's, it's on my list of 10. Yeah, mine as well. Very important to mine, me. Mine is the top 10 as well. So. We've covered, for my top ten, Shane Montgomery and Nas Rahimi. Mohammed, his real name was Mohammed Rahimi. But, yeah, Nas Rahimad. Yeah. Nas Mohammed. So those are, those are that. Um, do you want, we are at the, almost the 40-minute mark of recording, so okay. we can probably go another 10, 15 minutes. Do you want to kind sure. of start talking about our most important cases? Uh, yeah, you like, start, you go I would with, love to. Start with one and first. I'll see if I agree with that. You want me to go first or you go first? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, I'll go first. I'll, okay. I'll read my ten. No, um, you just read one at a time, and then we'll okay. all read one, and I'll you read one, I'll read one, you read one. Deal. Um, no, case number one for me. I I tried to pick when you asked me to do this. I tried to pick ten cases that aren't that maybe necessarily people don't know everything about. Okay. That maybe they're suspicious that aren't the ones that have gotten all the um, attention, media attention, like Chris Jenkins or. Right, there's so many that I could talk about like that, but these are these are in the last couple of years. For me, number one is Michael Philbin. Michael Philbin, that I don't even know. What, who was talking yeah, talk about? Yeah, I was. Uh, you do. Um, it was in again Wisconsin. He was the off. He was the son of the offensive oh, coordinator yeah. for the Green Bay Packers. That's the right. Green Bay Packers were the defending champs. They were playing the New York Giants, um, and. It was the offensive coordinator for the Packers. Their son, he was murdered, leaving a party, right. was thrown in the river. Um, and that was I, the case I, that turned everything for you. That was the beginning of your journey during on these case histories, right? Wasn't it the Correct. I, I saw them on SportsCenter at 930 in the morning, Linda Cohn, in her own words, saying that people heard, were, heard somebody screaming for help and they couldn't find him. And then they found him hours later drowned. Um, wow. Yeah. That's I mean, amazing. I've never, you know, that's that day I started, I went to footprints on the river's edge and started reading about all of the young men in Wisconsin. And then that's when I put everything together that how big this was. And that's um, still there. That website footprints of the river's edge covers 200 cases, maybe all over the country. It hasn't been updated in the last year, year and a half, I think, but no nah, years. Great, years. I mean, okay. It just yeah, shows people it's running it are just too busy with their yeah. own lives. They don't have enough time, but you can't blame them. Um, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. So yeah. Michael Philbin is your first. My first case of importance, maybe talked about a lot, was Patrick McNeil, New York, victim zero, referred to as possibly one of the earliest cases known 
one of the, and he was hit fit all of the things. He was out drinking, disappeared, found in. He was found in a water treatment facility south of Manhattan Island. And it wasn't until 12 years after he was found that his parents got the um, autopsy and he was tortured, blowtorched upper head off of his body. That was also a case that involved Cyril Wecht, who looked at the autopsy and said that he was killed before he went into the water. That's a case studies and drowning forensics case. And Gannon and Gilbertson did a great job analyzing that. But I think that if you're looking at this from the beginning, that's a good starting point is the Patrick. Oh, Hall for case. sure. So that's my first. For one. sure. Great case. So long ago, right? Yeah, 80, 98 or 96? 90, yeah, 98, I think. 97? Yeah. So, yeah. One of the early. Been a lot, been a lot more young men in the same area. In fact, uh, one of the kids on my list was uh, Anthony Urena. Urena, yep. He's, yep. Right? Yep. Same area, part of town. This was uh, two years ago um, on Thanksgiving, just like uh, Shane Montgomery. Right. Left the club. Um, was found stumbling. You, you covered it in your in your documentary about the car, two cars following down a one-way road, and you could see Anthony um, stumbling. And, and then a month later on Christmas Day, Anthony was found in the Hudson River naked, murdered. In three feet of water. His, his relative said, how did he drown in three feet of water? And he was on the opposite side of Manhattan Island. So when he started, he was on the Harlem River side, which is the east side. Somehow he made it to the Hudson, Hudson side, which is the west side, on the other side of the Hudson in Hoboken. That's where he was found, which a lot of people are found in Hoboken, too. So. Yeah, oh, that's ton. a ton. Yeah. Ton. Urena was my alter, one of my alternate top ten cases was Urena. So then my second case is Nate Kapfer. That's Wisconsin. Um, Kapfer is another footprints. Uh, no, it's another case studies and drowning forensics case. The reason why Kapfer was important to my understanding of this case is he was lacrosse wisconsin but he was found outside of the main tributary of the mississippi river south of lacrosse um but uh, gannon and gilbertson that he was said he was frozen and he was still frozen or thawing out when he was found which indicates abduction and somebody holding on to somebody so that's my kind of second case in importance gosh so many victims found frozen yeah crazy uh, my, my number two on my list is Cullen Finnerty. Um, football player was on Memorial Day weekend. Michigan, uh, right? Yep. In Michigan. Um, he was one of the best quarterbacks in division two history. Right. Pretty big guy outside the realm of size. Guy was six, three, two thirty. um, you know, was fishing, over again, Memorial Day weekend was with his family, very close by. Um, he called his wife in a panic on his cell phone and said, "These people are following me." Um, again, pretty big guy to be scared. Yeah, I met these people earlier today. They're following me. I need you to come get me. He was in a panic, and his family dropped what they were doing, tried to go down and find him. He was in like a paddle boat fishing, um, probably like a quarter of a mile down the same river. Um, he vanished. Uh, his um, cell phone pinged 11 miles away north. Right, um, that's right. Hundreds of people searched for him. Huge. They found Huge. him Huge. exactly where they had searched nearby, in the in the in the grassy field, uh, face down. Face down, right. 
yeah. face down. He um, people had heard screaming. The owners of the property, uh, like a, a big group of people, hollering and yelling. Right. Um, and the he cause, died yeah, from the cause of death choking was, on his own vomit. Right. Surprisingly right. choked on his own vomit. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, absolutely. He was a very big Christian. Right. Um, Family man. He had kids too, right? Two kids. Kids. Doesn't yep. fit the profile. Yeah. That was um, one case I covered just because of you told me about Finnerty. But yeah, that was amazing. And now he was featured on ESPN. Huge talks huge. about his life and how strange the death was. There are people who knew him and they're like, this doesn't comport with anything. Granted, he had had a pharmaceutical pill problem and probably had some form of CTE. But that doesn't yes. mean that he went and ran and fell face down on his face and then choked on his own mouth. It more fits with somebody being abducted and tortured, you know, that kind of thing. Tortured. Um, and I will tell you, and I know for a, I can confirm that I spoke to the pathologist who examined his body, um, and he confirmed that Cullen was only deceased less than 24 hours, and he was missing 72 hours. Right. Had no trauma except for, like, branch scratches on his body, like somebody had drugged him, was found right off a road. Right. No, Pretty he would interesting. Have, he would have heard people were calling for him. So if he was alive, he would have heard them in that area, if I remember. Because he was only like a mile away from where he was last seen, if my memory serves me correct. And that, abducted by boat. Yeah, so that was, and that's not the first time, because we're going to go into this case, which happened very close to Finnerty, which is my number three case, which is Todd Geib, which mm-hmm. is a very interesting case. That's very close to where Finnerty disappeared in West, probably 30 minutes by car 40 minutes from where Finnerty disappeared in close to Grand Rapids. But the case of Guy was also another case in case studies and drowning forensics. And it's another interesting case of guy disappears. He um, is at a party. He's walking around. Then he's found in water with possibly a boat. People investigated said that he was dumped. If I remember, he was upright in a, in a lake and the family saw really suspicious stuff was happening. And then a smiley face symbol was left on his tomb's grave three years after he died. And so that, to me, was another important or interesting case in this yeah. line of cases. Awful state. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Awful state. And there, uh, there's another. This, yeah, there was other ones around there, too. There was another in Livonia. Oh, many. Yeah. M- many. There's, yeah. there, are, there are these murders on campuses at Michigan State. Yep. I mean, there was a 16 or 17-year-old kid who... Uh, I can't even remember his name, but it's been a couple years, and he was visiting that college for the weekend, and he vanished, and they found him in a pond on campus. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. There's, there are lots. Yeah. No, that sounds very, very familiar. So what's your next case? After My Florida? case number three is Kelly Nash. I don't here remember. Here in Georgia. Talk about um, that case. Athlete, right? Again, uh, probably abducted by boat on Lake Lanier. Um other cases, I know that I spoke to the woman, a lady whose whose dog finds a lot of these people uh-huh. um, here in Georgia. Spoke to her in person two or three years ago after this happened, and um, Nash since stopped at a boat dock um, where he supposedly had walked. Her dog, her dog followed the scent all the way to the boat dock, and then a month later, that's where he was found. And that was, he disappeared according to Unsolved Mysteries on Reddit, disappeared January 5th, 2015 from Buford, Georgia. So that's a recent case. Oh, yeah. It's a pretty important case to me. That that January, there were other young men 
who disappeared at the same time. That's in, a, in a, within days of each other. Who have never been found. Um, Kelly was a, a high school basketball athlete. Um, you know, loved by many. Um, mysterious death. That's interesting. They say it's it's related. Is it related to the Samuel Waters disappearance? So Maybe know. the police say not, but they lived next door to each other and they didn't know each other. Um, and they, they say that there's a gentleman who has been indicted for the Samuel Waters case, but they don't really they haven't found a body. They haven't found anything. Uh, Waters phone pinged last by the Buford Dam, which there have been multiple young men by the found by the Buford Dam up there off Lake Lanier. Fascinating. That's amazing. Yeah, the Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> so many cases. Um, so my next case was one we already talked about. That was Nas Rahimi. That was my four. So, and that's for all the reasons we talked about. It's an important case, a recent case. Um, one with Nas Rahimi was sometime last year. Rahimi, I'm trying to remember. I can't even remember the dates. May. It was a, May 2016. Was when yeah was May. Yeah. So that's my next. What, what's your next case after Nash? Um, it's, a, it's actually a twofer. It's uh, the murder of Mason Cox and David Wood um, on Lake Lanier. Um, best friends vanished. Um, you know, there were multiple men in the same week here in Georgia that were found murdered. Uh, but those two, you rarely see people killed together by these people. It does happen. Um, they had trauma. They were found exactly where they went missing a week later. Right, they were the checked. GBI searched yeah. for a week with sonar. It's a and small pond too, right? It's a small lake or whatever they were in. It's a, I remember correctly. And um, the worst part of it all is the last Facebook post on Mason Cox's Facebook post um, at the exact time that they supposedly went missing. And it says, I'm not afraid of death. I'm curious of what's next. Something super suspicious, right? Yeah. Absolutely taunting, in my opinion. Didn't you say uh, that one of those guys' teeth was like punched out or something, chipped teeth or something? Is that the case? Oh, or or worse. Yeah. Um, the mother of Mason Cox told me that his nose was broken. He was missing teeth. Uh, he had lash, He had bruises. He, he looked like he had been beaten. Um, but reported by the media and police, no trauma. Right, interesting. You know, because yeah. that's what happens is the cops tell the media no trauma, knowing that there is trauma and keeping it from the public eye. That's my belief is why these cases are reported as no trauma. It's not because the police know there's no trauma. It's because they don't want to tell the public about it. That's my, and that's why that's consistent through all those cases, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah I remember it's true. That was one of the early cases I researched last year when you and I were chatting i remember the mason cox david wood very well very, very important to me again that was in january that was the year before kelly nash and it was just like just like uh, nash in january and there were four it was mason cox david wood uh, a guy named cody bonet who was found in a creek behind a middle school um i went there that's not on my list but again the same week and then there was another young man who was found um he had been a victim of a fall, and he was leaving a bar on New Year's Eve. Vanished, had tons of trauma. I've been there. He did not fall from where he was found. Interesting. Yeah, Four in one week. 
incredible. So my number five was Dakota James. We've already kind of talked about Dakota James. Disappeared downtown Pittsburgh. Found 40 days later. I've got information from people who you know are know about him that he was in his body was not um, not decomposed. Somebody told me that that he was. They looked like his body looked like he had been put in the river that morning. And I showed conclusively in my documentary that the police had searched that area downstream on the Ohio that weekend. I think he was found on a Monday morning, uh, which is fairly common. Like somebody dumps a body late Sunday night. Um, so uh, in that case... With a boat. Right. So there's your boat right. again, right? So, um, mm-hmm. But that case is covered in the, what we talked about earlier, Jim, the whole Pittsburgh Gazette, just to kind of bring that full circle. So to James we've already talked about. A good case. It's an important case, yeah, you so. know. And uh, Cyril Wecht is involved in that case as well. He's from Pittsburgh, by the way. I didn't know if you knew that. Cyril Wecht. No, no I did not know that. I mean, I'm a fan of his work. I'm... <clears throat> yeah, me too. Hopefully he can bring some, some attention to this and won't just stop here, you know. That's the most important thing. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So what's your next case? Uh, my next case is another Atlanta case. It's actually uh, the first crime scene I've ever went to. It was uh, the case of Corey Goodwin, um, who was leaving a bar, was a popular DJ, uh, vanished, uh, was on the phone with his loved one uh, or friend, actually said that he was in a car accident and he had to call her back and got off the phone. Um, he was found two days later in a creek um under a bridge where his car was cops said that he was drunk and he fell he couldn't see but i know that's not true because the golf course where he was found the groundskeepers found him two days later they would have found him monday morning instead of tuesday morning um again somebody else with lots of trauma um police tried to say that it was just him being drunk except for his bumper was way back on the road and his car was parked up near the bridge. Um, Interesting. I found a smiley graffiti there on the bridge by itself. Fresh. You had it on your movie. I have no doubt in my mind that cases involved. Interesting. That's fascinating. So there's like, there's a hot spot in Atlanta. You know, there's a lot of things going on there. So my next case is Joey Labute, Columbus, Ohio. Fits the same profile. Was at a bar. Owned uh, the same owner of that bar across the street was a gay bar. Joey Labute was on a gay dating app. Stepped outside the bar, disappeared, and then was found in water. And that was one of my early cases for me. My this was last year, 2016. That was one of my cases where that was like where everything snapped. You know, like okay, this is happening mm-hmm. because. I had known when he disappeared, like if, and I said, if he shows up in water, I'm going to just freak out. And sure enough, he showed up in the Seattle River in a very, um, like there was no current. It was off the main tributary. It was actually kind of a pond off the tributary with no discernible current. Mm-hmm. And so it was clear that he was dumped. And you could see through the water, actually. It's very clear, shallow water. And so Joy the Butte for me was, and is, I think, for a lot of people, an important case because there's so much there and this is another case where none of his cell phone records were ever divulged to the public so and i think that that was important because he was supposedly 
either on Grinder or some other gay dating app. Just vanished at the club he was at too. At vanished. His at car the was still phone. there, right? So people were like, "Well, his car's still here. Where's going on?" And that was a very familiar area for him. He had been, he'd grown up in Columbus. And one of the oddities of his case was that the Arnold Schwarzenegger International Weightlifting Event um, took place the weekend he disappeared. So there was like a whole bunch of twelve thousand or twenty thousand people from out of state were in town. He he texted gibberish. That's the right. Same way Dakota James did. That's right. It was like J S T N I A J or something. Yeah. So Great like, case. Yeah. That's a. Again, Columbus, right? Right. So many. Just can't can't mention Columbus without mentioning Brian Schaefer. Schaefer right? disappeared from the bar, right? Not on one of our list, but all-time case. The only his body was never found, but he was a strange case too because he walked into a bar and never left. So it, it, it's an important disappearance. He was a young guy, fit the profile. The only reason is, like, his body was never found. If it was found in water, it would be different maybe, but um, definitely could be exactly one of these cases. It sounded to me like he was set up, like, lured into a bar, and there were bands playing there, you know, the kind of same thing like Tommy Booth. You know, something sketchy happened to him. Somebody Pre-med, yeah, pre-med, you know, again, smart, medical, right. just like Paul Kochu. Right, Paul Kochu was a nursing student. Been a lot of pre-med students, other nursing students. Right. I mean, it's that's amazing how many of these lives were cut short. Promising people, Chris Jenkins. You know, a lot of these guys are promising. You go through smart young guys. Not all of them, but definitely a lot of them. Majority of them, top-notch guys, snuffed out. Yeah. Crazy. Um, my next case, uh, well, I have Shane Montgomery. I, we already talked, talked about, about Shane. On I will tell you that that he was found with. The, there's a street where he was found, and on that street is Smiley's Cafe. Uh, that really? is confirmed. Wow, that is crazy. not a rumor. That is, I've looked it up. You can Google it. Smiley's Cafe. Um, wow, that's incredible. Where he was found, um, not far from. Everything. Um, my next case was Nas Muhammad. We already talked about um, number eight. I had was Thomas Bearson. Bearson. I don't um, remember Bearson. Yeah, you do. It's a very Which popular one was case. Um, he was a student at uh, North Dakota State. Um, you know, he tweeted friends. Um, I have the tweet saying. Please find people, come find us, uh, or we're going to die um, in the middle of the night. And he vanished. It was a big case. Um, he was found face down in a parking lot, uh, days later beaten. Um, um, you know, it was right next to the river. The, the FBI was all over that. It was at North Dakota State University in Fargo. There's been other cases there. Um, he was, a, I believe, a baseball player, I, I guess. Base, baseball player or basketball player. I forget. It's been so long. But um, definitely a victim. You know, leaving a party. Um, vanished. Again, not the, not the last person we've seen beaten either. Um, unsolved. Totally. I, I still have the tweet. It's on my it's on my Facebook page. It's on my Twitter page that his last tweet to one of his friends begging for help. Wow. Crazy. That's amazing. So there's Fargo. That's not actually that far from some of those other cases, you know, 
North Dakota, the other North Dakota kids was far away. Was there was a kid on this anniversary two years before there, a frat, a, a fraternity kid uh, vanished. Same thing, found in a river though. That's crazy. What's that case? What's so Fargo is on the state border border of North Dakota, North Dakota, but it's up to ninety four from Minneapolis, college yep. town. So there's been cases in St. Cloud. Um, there was a case there that's about hundred miles oh, away. Been a ton in St. Cloud. St. Cloud, right? So that was didn't they trace the dog? Jenkins family traced the dog, the scent of Jenkins to St. John's University. I think I covered that in in my documentary. But yeah, that's oh, yeah. Pearson. Yeah, Pearson fits it. Amazing. So I have what? What are we on Kelleher? I think I have Kelleher. That's an important case out of Boston. Um, he was leaving. What do you? Well, he was leaving the TD Arena, walking, was at a park, crossed the river, was able to cross the river, called an Uber three times from Paul Revere, disappears. His phone is pinged south of where he was. Then his body is found exactly where Hurley and Mar are found. So Kelleher for me was an important case out of Boston. Me too. So that's. Uh, do you have any other things on your list? I got um, two more. Okay. I got David Gherkin. No, I don't remember um, David Gherkin. David Gherkin was at the Buffalo Bills Miami Dolphins football game in Buffalo. Oh, right. yes. um, he was kicked out of the game for no reason, being intoxicated. Right? Sound familiar? Yes. Um, got cut off from his brother. Said he'd meet his brother at a bar up the ta- up the street from the stadium after the game. He left. Uh, was found days later near the stadium uh, in a creek, and it was same deal. No trauma. Uh, said it was drowning, and it was you know a strange part of it was that it was over. He had to climb over a fence even to get into that creek. Um, it sticks out to me because I've the very few of you know again leaving a sporting event just like what you did what, what about um, Kelleher right. Um, Kelleher and Hurley both came out of the TD Arena, yeah. So it's like a common thing, and yeah, it's amazing. There was right. a serial killer that, that uh, Ed Opperman talked to the mother of. I can't remember his name. He was African-American, but his trolling ground was these events. He t- abducted a woman out of some like Metallica concert, and even Metallica like did a you know a public service announcement to find this girl. I can't remember her name, but... Uh, that's what he would do is find people, hey, drunk people, you need a ride, you know, you weren't going somewhere, blah, blah, blah. That was his thing. But he, his preferred choice was women, so it was an interesting case. David Gherkin, yeah, I remember researching Gherkin, definitely. Pretty scary. Uh, last person on my list was Max M- Mazel. Max Mazel's father is a ESPN writer. Um, this was in Albany, New York. Albany, yeah. Yep, he was a 21-year-old kid. This is a couple years back. Um Found, like vanished and he was found in Lake Ontario. Max Mazel. Dad's a big that. writer for ESPN. Again, famous people though. Yeah, interesting. So like, you know, you can tell that it could be anybody. And it could be something like um, Silence of the Lambs is one of these people that, that gets abducted is really a child of a very famous person and things change, you know? If you remember Silence of the Lamb, the senator's daughter gets abducted. Of course. Abducted. My other two are Arvind Sharma out of Washington, D.C. Young guy, actually a very you know off uh, person, somebody who is Nepalese, is out with his brother, South D.C., a place that is a gay bar or a bar that also is attached to an S&M club. 
yep. disappears, missing for 10 days or something, found upriver. He's found up the Anacostia River. He shouldn't have been found there if he walked out from where that barb was in South D.C. And brother mm-hmm. says, my brother was killed. The brother of Arvind Sharma. My brother was in. I have it in the documentary. He must have seen something or somebody put yeah. something in his drink. So that for me was an important case. A young guy, tragic. And then my 10th is Franco Garcia, another one outside of Boston. Mm. A young guy uh, disappeared. There's a picture of him in my documentary and a picture of her surveillance where he was last seen, upright, walking home, disappears. They check the uh, local uh, reservoir, very clear water, you know, the standard story. Check, check, check. Huge search. Then he's found right off of the, and you can see in my documentary exactly where he was found, which is about eight feet away from the edge in open water. He's discovered by people walking by that, you know, he wasn't there before. So, uh, Franco no, Garcia. That was great. There, there was a smiley face found um, near there by a reporter in Chicago. Um, I can't remember his name. Chuck Gowdy? No, maybe? Let's make that up. Anyway, they did a story about that, and they found the smiley face themselves. And he's done... A couple things, but that, yeah, absolutely. That that reservoir was searched multiple times for Garcia too. Right. I mean, like there were there were multiple searches, and the interesting thing about that one case is that I came across a video of the mother saying during the search, like we think he's alive. God is telling I, me my son is alive. These are like immigrants from, I think he was from Chile or something like that. Uh, my son is alive. I think is in which is really was heartrending because. He probably she was right. Have, she was right. Yeah. yeah, it was Chuck Gowdy. Chuck Gowdy. His in in Chicago, longtime reporter in Chicago, went around and was looking after Franco was found, and they found a smiley face in the park. I'll have to look on a up. tree. Yeah. So, so that's those were my top ten cases. I have some other ones in there: Scott Bake Radel, William Hurley, Deacon Wilkins, Lewis Ball, Alex Todd Weller, Chris Jenkins. Urena, which we talked about, hurt out of Rhode Island, tortured, dumped in the river, smiley face. Casper Blackburn, recent case out of uh, England, found in a in a in a in a canal that had already been searched. That was like standing up water. Zach Marr, we talked about, and Tommy Booth, same thing, found behind a bar. And Bruno, yeah, I'm Bruno. That's Flint, Michigan. I mean, there's just so many cases, but I think. Those top 10 cases, if people want to get started, at least for you and me, your cases are totally different than, well, you have like five or six cases different than mine, but um, it's remarkable because you're seeing it from a completely different angle than me. You know, three hours, you're in Atlanta, I'm in Los Angeles. So you've seen all these cases and watched them for the last three years. It's incredible. It's about, it's about four years, you know? I mean, I, I, I started watching this. I think what my information shows, you know, it, it, when you, when you, keep up with the way I do it, you start to see things, right? And you see areas or places where the bodies keep being found, right? Like where you are in Los Angeles. To me, it's like Northern Cal and Southern Cal by San Francisco. There's been many more than just the California Five. Right. There was Um, one this year, right? The guy fell in San Leandro. He was like an Asian kid or whatever, disappeared, found in the bay. right? YouTube star. Yeah, that's Um, right. I can't remember his name. Oh, there's so many. Yeah. 
it's, it's sad. I, it's sad. I feel bad. I can't even re- remember the kid's name. But yes, there's been so many. He looks like the California Five. Handsome, right? Yeah. Uh, not a Caucasian male. Um, you know, Seattle with you know Columbus. We just mentioned that's a hot area. Right. Panama City, Florida. Like that's that. There was there's been there were two victims last month. Panama City, Florida. Um, and there's and been others actually, there over time too in that area. That panhandle. There's been like eight. In the, in the last couple of years, Rennie Joseph, never been found. Cameron Smith. Smith, right. Um, y- you know, there was a kid where these last two victims were found. I went and investigated the same beach uh, two years prior uh, for another young man who was found drowned there. And it just so happens it was the same beach and there were two bodies within a week. Um, yeah, where, where else? You know, Albany, New York. College towns, uh, right? Just like, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you know, we were talking about Biloxi. We talked about uh, San Antonio, Houston. Right. Um, gosh, where are some other hot areas? Minneapolis, St. Clouds, Vancouver, Oregon, Vancouver, Portland, British Portland, Columbia, right. Toronto. They had Minnipeg. one kid in British Columbia that just disappeared on what Vancouver Island or whatever, Victoria Island. He's still yeah, missing. Um, Jordan Holly. Jordan Holling, right. Jordan Holling, uh, 17 years old, just disappeared in the last month, walking home from his friend's house, uh, 2 in the morning. He is gone, gone. vanished. Yeah. Um, yeah, perfect. I was trying to think. So Kansas City. Um, it's just happening uh, all over, really. Right? Yeah, but, you know, it's you can see, like, what I do when you start to add up everything, you can see – some places are much worse than others, right? Some states you don't see any. Like I heard you in a recent interview, and you were talking about one state that I rarely have ever seen is West Virginia. West Virginia, Kentucky, or, or Tennessee, Alaska. right? Alaska, true. Or Hawaii. Hawaii, or, nothing, right? You know, you just you just don't see very very many in there. You would um, say you would think it would be the highest density in proportion would be Hawaii, considering how many as much water there is, right? Never seen one ever. Right. Why aren't the young men drowning there? That's amazing. It's an American thing, I guess. So we've uh, worried about uh, 70 minutes, 70 recorded minutes. So anything else you'd like to add or, you know, promote or talk to people where they can find your material, Twitter, Facebook, etc.? You know, no, I'll, I'll be quick. Uh, thanks again for having me on. You can find me at uh, Drowning Victims at Smiley Face Cult on Twitter or um, on Facebook at Jim Smith. Um, I, I have a group that's Smiley Face Killers America where I post victims. Um, I, I just would, you know, like to, I hope people will learn more and, and talk to their kids and their friends and, and explain to them that what's going on, that even if you don't believe us, at least be aware of it, right? Um, just because it's, it, it, this wouldn't happen if people were more uh, knowledgeable and, and kept safe. I agree. I agree. That's an excellent point. I think that men think that they can walk home alone late at night and nothing, else, nothing bad would happen to them. And I think that needs to change if young men are going to continue to live long lives. But, Jim, you've been doing great work. I really appreciate all your research. I appreciate all your efforts. I know you do this on you know your free time, so you're doing really awesome work, and I, I just really appreciate your work. So people, go check out Jim Smith on Twitter, Drowning Victims, or on Facebook, Smiley Face, what is it, Five Smiley Face Killers America, or you can look him up on Jim Smith. So 
Uh, that's how I found him, I think, just or looking it up. But uh, Jim Smith, thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate it. Have a good night. Thanks for everything, my brother. All right, cool. All right, let me stop that. Let's see this.